So, Donald's Duck. <laughs> Let's talk about the best of the Fab Five. Wow. And his origins. Let me tell you a little bit about this duck. This guy appeared, his first theatrical appearance was in 1934. So he's been around for quite a while. And his second appearance was in Orphan's Benefit that same year. And this was the first time they kind of thought of him as someone to play off of Mickey Mouse. You know, Mickey Mouse is the one that's saccharine sweet, always good, always doing the right thing. And I don't know if you know this about Donald, but he has a temper. What? He has a little bit of a temper, maybe some impulse control. And I think that's, you know, what makes him lovable. Also, you can't understand a word he says, (laughs) which is, you know, creates some great comedic moments. But yeah, so throughout like the next two decades um, into the 50s, he appeared in over 150 theatrical films. Several of them got Academy Awards. And they then kind of found this magical trio of Mickey, Goofy, and Donald. Together, they would work together for these great adventures. And that was awesome. But then he branched off on his own, got himself a girlfriend, Miss Daisy Duck. And... um, Then, also in those, they introduced some of my other favorite ducks, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So I chose Donald because I love all the ducks. Like, Scrooge, I'm a huge DuckTales fan. I watch the new series. I highly recommend it to everyone. Half hour, quick and easy, and it's three seasons, so you know what you're getting. And it's (laughs) brilliant. It is completely brilliant, and they made it for us. She's shaming me for watching Power Rangers over the new DuckTales. I think it's something that you need to be shamed about. Okay, okay. But... I think a really fun thing that you can appreciate is that Donald Duck is actually the most published comic book character in the world outside of the superhero genre. Oh, like he had a bunch of comics and they were super popular and that has made him the most public. Can you believe that in the world outside of the superhero genre, which I mean, obviously you can't compete with those, but That's just a fun fact. I had no idea. And I honestly don't feel like that many people know about the comics necessarily. Um, But what I love is that in the new DuckTales, they actually brought characters out of the comics into it. So like his sister, Della Duck, who is the nephew's mother, who we've like never ever saw (laughs) (laughs) in like the original DuckTales is suddenly this amazing aviatrix kind of adventure character who built her own false leg because she was stranded on the moon. As one will. As one would be. Um, But yeah, so that's why I choose Donald Duck as my featured character. Rachel did not mention that Donald just had a birthday (gasps) on June 9th. Yes. So it's very appropriate that you chose him. The timing is right. Um, And also, I love if you guys ever have the opportunity to Google about his 50th anniversary or 50th birthday for Donald's 50th birthday. They had this brilliant idea where they're like, let's take a bunch of little ducks and <laughs> let's like have them be raised by someone by Donald himself. Oh, cause family friendly. <laughs> and so 
as we all know, ducks, when they imprint as babies. So he, he was actually in parades where Donald Duck would be at the front of the parade with all these little ducks behind him, just following him. Like even as they grew up to adults, these beautiful white ducks are just following Donald. That's adorable. That's their, their person duck. And it's messing with nature. <laughs> <laughs> but in the best way possible. <laughs> um, but I think that was in 1984. The best year ever oh. was when that happened. <laughs> um yeah, and I just, I love, I feel like you don't see him as much in the park as you do some of the other kind of Fab Four characters, and that's purely because Donald is a very short duck, and so, you know, finding ducks that are under 4 foot 11 can be challenging, yeah. so uh, when you do see him, it is a true treat. Because he's not a lot of places. <laughs> I know this from when I was friends with them at Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a treat to see Donald. And once I was almost kidnapped by him in Paris, which was really fun. Like, my friend and I both love him and we're taking our picture with him. And then he decided he was going to take us away from our other friends and just take us and walk away with us and wasn't letting us leave. And we're like, okay. Only you would enjoy that. <laughs> of course I would. Because <laughs> it's my love. Donald. Um, but yeah, so there's some basic background on my favorite character. Thank you. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. Uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, and welcome to this week's Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. I'm here with Alan. <laughs> I'm Alan. Alan is unfortunately away in San Francisco for Father's Day, so I am here with the beautiful next to Alan, the other most manliest person I know, mm, Rachel. Yes. It is I, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. It's me. <laughs> I'm here. So today, just to give a heads up, not so much a lot of news on Galaxy. This is going to be a very marvelous episode. (laughs) Such a marvelous episode. And I was inspired if I have Rachel, the sexy Rachel on the show. Who is a woman. Who is a what? What? (laughs) Um, We are going to highlight our top three most inspirational women of Marvel. Yes, With a twist. What's a twist? What's a twist? We're going to do it in a draft format. So if I choose one, Rachel can't choose that person. Like if I said Jean Grey, Rachel will go, Drats, I oh, want a Jean Grey. no. What will I ever do? <laughs> and, then, and then if I were Sean, I'd be like, I'm only choosing this person to get the, <laughs> the listener votes. So just know that's happening. <laughs> and then we're going to put up the votes on Instagram and on Spotify to see who of you listeners, who do you choose? Who do you like? Who's going to win? Me or Rachel? <laughs> we're all winners here. We're all winners. So just some things to look out for on this episode. We've got a spoiler-free review of Lightyear. Actually, lots of news surrounding Lightyear. Yeah. We've got for you your Disney news, lots of Spider-Man news on Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Uh Actually, a Marvel character has their own podcast. What? Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about a classic ride, possibly getting an overhaul at the (gasps) park. Gasp. Yeah. And then, of course, we will have um, a spoiler-filled review of Obi-Wan Episode 5 and Miss Marvel Episode 2. 
Sound good? Yeah. You got it? I got it. Does everybody got it? Good. I think we're ready. Spaceballs reference. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie before. What? <laughs> I've seen I'm some so shit. <laughs> I've seen clips. Little clips. I miss Alan. Okay, let's get into <laughs> Galaxy. So you have our first piece of Galaxy news. Galaxy. 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 Yes. So. By the way, just to set the scene, sorry to cut you off. We are sitting outside with wine coolers of my parents' backyard. We are in bliss right now. It is so nice outside. Yes. So come join us on this beautiful day. (laughs) Are you going to talk about your news or what? (laughs) I guess I will. Um, So do we have any Canadian listeners out there? If we do, if we do... Have we got news for you, Aboot, Obi-Wan? <laughs> so, those lucky enough to be in the most amazing country of Canada, there is a chain of movie theaters, the Cineplex, which has some locations which will be doing a special marathon event for the final episode release of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So... You can go, you're excited to see that final one, and you're like, but I also would love to see all these amazing episodes on a big screen, because let's all face it, as we're watching these, they look like they should be on a big screen. The the effects and everything is just brilliantly done on an epic scale. So you can go and do a marathon viewing. What is that going to be, a six-hour viewing? (laughs) Yeah, they're like 40 minutes. Okay, so maybe it... It ends up being around five hours um, of the entire Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I would do it. I would do it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't work today. I need to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm sick. I'm sick. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so jealous because like in India, like Pakistan, they're getting, you know, Miss Marvel on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Canada is getting the whole Obi-Wan show. Like, hello. What What about about us? us? I wonder if now that somebody is formatting it for the big screen, if more theaters will like release it, release it. Yeah. And this is like people would pay to go see this. So this is easy money for Disney Plus because they have been trying to get more money. So and think about it also, if they're getting people that like there's tons of Star Wars fans out there, I'm sure that don't have Disney Plus. True. And they're worrying about how many people they have subscribing. Like what if they show this epic level of production that they're doing on their site to people that maybe don't have Disney Plus, like giving them the option to come and see and be like, oh, is this what you guys have been doing yeah. there? <laughs> this is why you all talk about this constantly. <laughs> I understand the obsession now. Just a quick, it's still galaxy related, but quick side note. Okay. I have a coworker. He lives in San Francisco. We bonded instantly because he's around our age and he okay. loves Star Wars. All right. And we sometimes, when the episodes are that amazing, we message each other to be like, this was amazing. This sounds like when we were watching Sailor Moon together <laughs> yes, growing up. Yes. <laughs> so he showed me, he, well, I'll start here. He collects Yoda and Grogu. All things Yoda and Grogu. He has a huge collection. Maybe I'll post it with his permission. He showed me he purchased a special pop that's Grogu, but it sparkles. It's glitter. Glitter Grogu. (laughs) I mean, glitter Grogu. I looked this Mm. thing up on eBay 
the cheapest it sells for is one hundred eighty five dollars. Wow! So I told him, "You make me feel less worse about myself for purchasing the eighty dollar glitter storm fig." <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so yeah, he said, "Dude, you. We talked about this. I'm an obsessed collector." <laughs> And I have to have it. Yeah, I must have it. Yeah, he said he had to limit what he collects because if you collect multiple characters, there's a there's a ton of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you can go deep. When I was young, I used to collect Sleeping Beauty stuff. Like I have like a signed record. Yeah, <laughs> by Mary Costa, who did wow. the singing voice of Aurora. <laughs> so yeah, but we are all for this. We want this in our theaters, or we're just gonna have to go to Canada. I mean, if you have to go to Canada. I'm sure your brother wouldn't mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, he'll join us. (laughs) He'll join us. Speaking of Canada, uh, this is some news I'm really excited about that has nothing to do with Canada. Uh, You are always on it with these segues. (laughs) They always make so much sense. (laughs) So Taika Waititi, who Rachel and I are very big fans of. Large fans, but you still haven't watched Our Flag Means Death. so I watched it all right now. How big of a fan are you really? 32. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a pretty big fan. <laughs> Taika Waititi um, is directing the next Star Wars film, and he has announced that it will not have any legacy. I'm going to say elements because it says characters, but I'm going farther elements. Yes. Because he said there will not even be like a surprise like shot of the schematics of the Millennium Falcon. Like he's completely doing new planets, new characters. Yeah. How do we feel about this? Well, I feel like Star Wars has a complete universe that can be explored here. And especially with this being a space epic. Yeah. There's so much that you can do within this universe without having to hold on to the original storyline so tightly. Um, I, I feel like it'll be interesting to see what else they come up with. And honestly, I think because it's a Taika piece, it's going to be enjoyable. It's, it's going to be, be funny. funny. <laughs> it's, it will probably be great. And I think the way that he comes with kind of a unique style and humor to him is one of the perfect ways to branch out and be like, Hey, we're going to be in this universe, but we're not relying on the same things over and over again. So I'm open to it. I love space adventures, except for the fact that I found out that I'm astrophobic, um, (laughs) just in the last couple days here. (laughs) Um, but I think it'll be neat. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think, there's a lot of people who are like, why do we keep coming back to Tatooine? <laughs> yes, you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate Tatooine yet, but I could see where it's time to like branch out. And new characters are always good. I just, my only concern is I want to see how Grogu fits into the future of Star Wars. Because... He is the most important character <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Let's face it. And he has to fit in somewhere. Yeah, because, like, he's missing from the sequel. So what was he doing during that whole epic showdown? Like, sometimes I like to imagine him. Did you ever Did you ever ride the E.T. ride at Universal Studios? <laughs> he could never say my name right. Um, you know how they go to the planet and it's all the ETs everywhere? Yeah. That's like in my brain when I imagine Grogu on his home planet. That's, that's what I imagine. Okay. Just like they're in flowers, they're in fountains, they're having a grand old time on the magic Grogu planet. Well, with this new discovery, uh, maybe we shouldn't explore Grogu more. Maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I don't let me be in the planning meetings. I yeah, guess. Taika, don't call Rachel. No, please do, Taika. I'm here. I I'm know, waiting. He's very attractive. He's very and, and he's very funny. Yes, and I was gonna say, and Polly. I guess that's okay to talk about here. We're family friendly, and Polly is a fine oh, thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he is. Taika. Okay, let's get off that subject. This is a family show. Let's go over to Parks and Rec. Where you take your family. Like I will be taking my family On soon. On July 21st. Don't come find me. Oh, don't. <laughs> she so, won't be there Everyone's that just going to come for me. I know I they know, will. I'm just so exciting of a person. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. But what I'm sad that I'm not doing is taking my family on the most extravagant of trips, also known <laughs> as the 12 park package. <laughs> like this has been announced June 14th. They announced this and now Disney is offering an official global travel package where you visit all 12 of its parks for only $110,000. And that's per person, right? Or is that two people? Per person. Per person. It costs more if you are just a single person and need to put, you know, that little single room addition in there. Gosh. But there's only 75 spots oh, available. It's going to fill up fast. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a single person, you your supplement is a fee of $10,995. Wow. Uh, so definitely find a partner who is equally as rich with you and doesn't need a house. <laughs> you, you guys, you can either buy a house or go on this once in a lifetime adventure. They fly you from place to place in a private jet and you go to all like Disney kind of hotels. So you're not just staying at a best Western. You are staying in style and all 12 parks. So, Obviously, you and Alan will be going on this, correct? Yeah, we've already bought. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, like, I think this is interesting. Um, I don't know that this would be the way, even if I did have the money, that I'd want to go because I just feel like it would feel like work <laughs> at a certain point to go. Yeah, to once. go constantly one yeah. after the other, and seventy-five slots on this. Like, what if you're kind of around these other people the whole time? Mm -hmm. That can be good. Like if you've gone on a rainforest adventure for five days with two awesome Canadians, that's great. But then when you follow that up with a four day adventure, doing a hike through the Andy mountain, Andes mountains with really rich people who have, who are narcissists and have no concept of, um, proper behavior as people, then that part ends up being hard. So I feel like this is very like specific, not that I have experienced <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's kind of cool, but I don't think that this is accessible in any way. Yeah, it's just <laughs> normal people. Weird. I don't know. If I were Disney, I don't know that I would have put this out there. Yeah, and it's. I think it's definitely targeting Disney adults that do not have children and are apparently super duper 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 rich. And I don't know. I and it's good that they've capped it at seventy five because that is a small enough number that maybe they'll fill that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope this and um, the Star Cruiser become a little more accessible to everybody. Yes. Because, yeah, right now, Disney is very much a luxury, unfortunately. 
Yeah. But maybe, dear listener, you will go on that trip. And if so, let us know how it goes. (laughs) It could be worse. They could pay a whole lot of money to go to Croatia to do yoga (laughs) (laughs) with Jared Leto. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to do that? (laughs) We talked about that on Once Upon a Cult. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) So... Maybe if you're not ready to do that, and instead of using that $110,000 to travel around the world, you've been spending $110,000 on buying a new house in Florida where your job has moved. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, see how good I am at these, just like you. Just like me. These transitions. Um, do you mind if I critique you? <laughs> <laughs> I take no criticism. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we all know that Disney has made this choice where they're going to be relocating many of the engineering jobs and animation jobs to the magical new compound. I like to call (laughs) it in Florida. It's a good way to put it. (laughs) Cult minded. But there seems to be a delay. I know. So I think there's a lot of elements at stake and I feel like Disney's kind of dancing around why this is happening. But they're kind of in a little bit of a tussle with Florida right now because of the don't say gay thing. And a lot of no, what will I do? It's allowed on this show. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of not only was there backlash from employees of Disney, but then because Disney started finally speaking out. Now Florida Republicans are going after Disney hard and they're like, we gave you all these like special exceptions (laughs) and now we are trying our hardest to take them away from you. Yeah. That's, I knew this would happen too. I was like, Disney, you just need to take a stand. Sorry guys, listeners, parents, dog has been let out and I can't do anything about it. So you may hear him whining in the background, but yeah. Disney should have just taken a stance because they're going to piss off half their base anyway. So, like, just take a stance and piss off half your base. Not everybody's mad at you. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, from the beginning, I was kind of frustrated with them. I'm like, of all the places that you should be putting your extra resources, Florida isn't the place. Like, no. it's like maybe in taking over all these liberally charged people it'll make a difference to florida but at the same time you're supporting a government that is very actively against a lot of things that i think just hurts people so yeah i know like nona i don't know about you Mm. i just want everybody to be harmonious (gasps) (laughs) what a transition (laughs) listeners um you might remember that some people do not appreciate the show that is not harmonious. Everything was working when we went. But some of us have gone to see it and loved it, lived for it, felt the music in their bodies. That was me. That was my experience of harmonious. And I, I know everyone loves the old show too, but I think harmonious is beautiful. Yeah. They have some weird effects. Yeah. I don't know why they like, went all in on that center thing that you can mostly only see from the front. But I saw it from the side with a nice view of one of the tacos, as they like to call them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. And I think the thing that I live for was the beautiful music in it. Like it is a gorgeous exploration of kind of world music within Disney. I definitely want to see it again because it started drizzling and oh. they, um, held the show for a long time. So that's why mm. I think it wasn't fully like, 
immersive and up and running the way it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I have been craving Del Taco all day, and you said taco. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> But for those of you that haven't had the pleasure of traveling to Epcot and seeing the new Harmonious show, have we got a treat for you? If you also have Disney Plus. (laughs) 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 Caveat. Um, So there is going to be a special live stream on Disney Plus at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, June 21st. Mm. That is tomorrow. No, no. Sorry. Tuesday. Well, this airs on the 20th. So, yeah, Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Two, I'm so good at what I do. Yes, a podcaster. Yes. So, and that's also World Music Day, which is kind of one of the reasons they're doing it. This is the perfect show to highlight that. So, if you haven't caught it, that you'll get a prime view. You'll oh. get the best view in the house because they are doing a televised live event on Disney+. Plus. How cool. Yeah. And also, kind of, this is neat. Like, I guess I haven't paid attention that much. Has Disney Plus done a lot of live type things? Not that I know of. So this could be them also looking into like, I feel like they used to do these live things on like Channel 7. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was Channel 7 is ABC. It was like the World of Disney Hour or something. Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing it on Disney Plus. That's smart. So I think that's neat. Mm -hmm. Check it out, guys. Let us know what you think. Yeah. TikTok, Rachel. This one's going a little long. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, I don't know who is stuck to their phones in the world of TikTok, but I certainly am. I'm getting there little by little. Little by little. And now that you have friended me, I am sending you things instead of Mm. texting them to you separately. So you're going to get my little pebbles of love that are TikToks that I feel like you must watch. I've been on there for a while, but I haven't friended you because I knew this would happen. (laughs) You knew it would happen. You just, yeah. It's something that all my friends must deal with, and it is a form of love called pebbling where I just send you things that bring joy in the hope that they also bring you joy. But a big thing that was happening on TikTok is that all these different kind of people are like, look at my Disney hack. And one of these was like people going into backstage areas where they shouldn't be, which I think is kind of what has caused some of the problems. Like with that latest proposal thing is Mm. like, people are like, Oh, like they see their TikTok people do it. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'll just cross this thing that says cast members stay (laughs) stay out. (laughs) Um, But another one of those that happened was that if women were wearing shirts that were deemed inappropriate and the way that this first that I saw it was the person had their under boob showing tasteful under boob. So tasteful. (laughs) And so instead of like sending them to change or make them get something else, they were giving people this voucher where they could just go into a store and get a free t-shirt. And they're like, this is how you get a free t-shirt at Disneyland. So of course it goes viral on TikTok and everyone is doing this. And let me say, they were not doing this at least at Disneyland when we tried to take our dear friend Chris and he had anime characters with that, guns with like cartoon guns on it. And they're like, no, you have to like full on sent us away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently this was a thing that they were doing in Florida, but now they're not. So people are showing up trying to use this hack and they're full on like, you have to buy another shirt to come in. Like good. you have to pay for sure. And I think that's good too. I knew that would happen too. Like that's the way people think like, Oh, free shirt. Sure. Yeah. And it spreads like wildfire fire. Like if you all try to take advantage 
you ruin things that are there for goodwill. Now, yeah. I don't feel like in the beginning, like someone showing with underboob, I think that was really rotten of her to do in the first place. Yeah. Like I'm all about like being able to be free with your dress, but I do feel like there's a certain element of, Hey, I'm going to a family friendly park. Let's not have my breast showing like cleavage. Yeah. That's great. But like, it's really different. I feel like when it's like yeah. one little move and your nipple is out. <laughs> and like, I'm very aware, like I don't wear any, like I have some shirts with, um, uh, I almost said swastika. I'm not that person. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> the pentagram. I have some shirts with the pentagram. I don't wear that to Disney cause I know where I'm going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there's even times where. Like, I have a shirt of RuPaul that says something naughty on it. I don't wear that to Disney. Yes. There's even one time I was wearing something, and I was like, oh, I was surprised you were going to wear that to Disney. I'm like, I'm not wearing this to Disney. I'm changing. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? It's a family park. (laughs) Just like this show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I wasn't aware. There wasn't a transition. That was just... I know. But speaking about Tomorrowland... That was a Sean transition. Yeah, it was. So there's a new face character in Tomorrowland, and I'm not excited about it. What? So Buzz Lightyear is now in Tomorrowland as someone you can meet. And it's by face character, we mean it's there's no mask. It's just a real person. Yeah. A lot of times the princesses. Yeah. Our face characters. The reason I don't like it is they chose the most boring outfit from his movie to put him in. So he just looks like an astronaut. There's nothing yeah. special about him. Yeah, he's not in the classic Buzz outfit. He wears like three or four different versions. And <laughs> the one that he's in, it really does. You don't look at that and think, oh, that's Buzz Lightyear. Like, at least if they brought in his colors, mm-hmm. his purple and green. Or even in the movie, like, I feel like he's in one that's kind of like orange or something for a while yeah he's in like i think a orange and maybe black i think one of them is like bluish and black like he has multiple variations of the same spacesuit and it's like any one with more color than just a white spacesuit yeah but But he looks cute yeah he's a cute (laughs) face actor (laughs) so like i am excited i'll say that i'm excited with the addition of a new character that's fun it's fun for the kids i just wish the outfit was a little more flashier especially if he's gonna be blasting off into space on a mountain what (laughs) so okay okay so Favorites, this is still just a very heavy rumor heavy heavy rumor but we are here as professional podcasters who just like to tell rumors who just like to tell rumors it's been announced that unofficially that <laughs> space mountain may be overlaid yes with a buzz lightyear themed ride which seems really appropriate I, I don't feel like this is particularly spoilery as we were watching the movie there was a point where i leaned over to sean and i was like i'm sean that's you <laughs> and i said the blast off place looks exactly like Space Mountain. It like does. it is precisely the outline of the Space Mountain shell. It's almost like they knew this was going to happen it's and like they designed they it to look like what? it. What? Planning? And In I advance? Could, I could even see putting the turnip like ship like up at that top part where yeah, you like wait. Yeah, like having a neat little feature yeah. of that there. But yeah. We'll see. It said that uh if this is real, Disney will be announcing it at D23 in September. But this ha- even my mom heard this rumor. So that's why I'm like, oh, this is This is how rumor. widespread yeah. it is. <laughs> even my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, 
I would be interested to see, like, because sometimes when they do an overlay for something, they completely redo it. And that's like, now yeah. it's it's no longer Hollywood Tower of Terror. It is Guardians of the Galaxy. Very different. So, Same structure, everything else is different. But would be really curious to see if this is something that would just be, like, we know Space Mountain has had multiple overlays. It's had our hyperspace mountain where it's Star Wars themed. Mm-hmm. It's had my favorite, which is, like, the haunted ghost Ghost thing. Galaxy. Ghost I think it's Galaxy. Yes, my favorite. Um, it's had the rock and roll version of it. So I would be curious to see if this would be kind of a permanent change or maybe just the temporary change, especially because we do love our hyperspace mountain and we like when it comes back. Yeah. Hyperspace mountain is my favorite form of that. That's when they overlay it with star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then I very much love ghost galaxy. Oh, so much when you're being attacked yeah. by the ghost. You know what? Another overlay they should do. What? Like they should randomly have a certain time where it goes retro and it's like the old music. Oh, yes. How cool would that be? My mom loves... We had to search for a CD at Disney that has that song on it. And she'd play it over and over. (laughs) I also want them to make a, like, Easter egg type thing for Star Tours where Mm -hmm. we get the... Oh, no, we passed the Endor Endor Moon! (laughs) I mean, that original... Because they kind of do, like mention that on one of them but mm-hmm. like i want the full experience oh yeah we're just once in a while if you're really lucky you get to go to endor yeah actually <laughs> go to the planet for once <laughs> was one of the many scenes it's like here's some retro but maybe you eventually end up at endor i feel like they just keep that away from me to make me sad no we love her you are disney, disney. But not everybody is very appreciative of change. What? Like, um, not everybody is happy that Tim Allen didn't voice Lightyear. Because he's still around, still kicking it. His voice sounds the same. Mm-hmm. But. But. It was not. It was Chris Evans. If you didn't know this, Buzz has a new voice. Which if you didn't know, like he sounds very similar to Sam Allen. Super similar. But apparently, um, the actress Patricia Heaton, who was the mu- or the wife in Everybody Loves Raymond, took to the Twitterverse to be like, This isn't good. I don't <laughs> like it. Blah. She even said like that the legend had been castrated. Oh wow. Cause that I mean, he's a toy. <laughs> um, so she was very unhappy about it. She said, saw the trailer for Buzz Lightyear, and all I can say is Disney Pixar made a huge mistake in not casting my pal, Tim Allen, in the role that he originated, the role that he owns. Tim is Buzz. Why would they completely castrate this iconic, beloved character? So I have a little bit of a theory that I just kind of thought of. So first off, because I was thinking about this while we were watching Lightyear for the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, Chris Evans is much more popular right now than Tim Allen. So he's much more of a draw. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder if knowing that they wanted to put in the queerness in the movie, if maybe Tim Allen wouldn't be the best advocate for that the way Chris Evans has been. I wonder yeah. if that played into it at all. And... He, Tim Allen still has a good relationship with Disney. Um, there was actually a 
a quote put out by writer Wajahat Ali, um, where he said that Tim Allen is a multimillionaire with a Disney Plus project in the works. Isn't he working on Santa Claus? Probably. Yeah, I he's think, busy. He's a yeah. busy guy. And he says, life is very good for him. All shall be well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he's not <clears throat> missing out. He's hanging in fine. And honestly, the way that this movie is, it is the movie that Andy watched mm-hmm. as a child that was his favorite movie, Why He Loves By His Lightyear. I don't feel like you had to have the same exact voice actor to do them both because then, like, the toy isn't always going to have the actual actor voice. And then a lot of times they'll get someone that sounds like it. So yeah, I know it works. I think so. I, yeah, I mean, and Tim Allen hasn't come out saying like, this is blasphemy. Like, I think he's cool with it. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from him. There was like no point where he came out being upset about this. So, (laughs) so, you know, people did come out upset about (laughs) Um, the love between two people being true and real. This is crazy. So, so far in 14 countries, they are refusing to show this movie because two women kissed on screen, which I mean, Mm -hmm. when you see the movie, it's a little deeper. (laughs) Yes. Well, and you like, let's put it this way. We've both seen the movie twice. You did manage to see it the first time. (laughs) I was looking for it the first time and somehow missed it. And even, I even knew kind of the scenes where it would be happening. There was this kind of trend that was going on. I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, it's going to be in one of these. And both me and my friend, Jesse, um, were eagerly watching this and missed it. We were full on like, wait, what? Um, where was it? So it wasn't even a huge moment. You guys, it wasn't highlighted in any way. Like it wasn't even like the epic romantic Disney kiss. That's either, you know, between two willing people or sometimes a man and a sleeping woman. Um, <laughs> it was very quick. And on a, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't care <laughs> about yeah. that. Give me my sleeping beauty. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind of upsetting that it's such a big deal that it's causing this really great film not to come out in certain markets. Yeah, and I do love the fact that Chris Evans has straight up on Twitter been like, if you're bothered by this, you're an idiot. Like he's not being, he's not pulling punches and that's what we need. We need a huge actor like him. Ally. Ally. (laughs) Ally. (laughs) Did you see that on a TikTok perhaps? (laughs) Ally. So yeah, it's, it's very odd to me that this is such a big deal, but obviously we're, we're very like further than Democrats in our beliefs. Democrats yeah. don't go far. No, no they do not. <laughs> Come join us. We are extreme leftists. Extreme. <laughs> Antifa. Yeah. So especially with all the stuff going on in the world, like there's more important things than like stopping something for a kiss. I don't get it. <laughs> and one that was just so subtle. Yeah, and the part that's funny to me is, I was thinking about this, a lot of it is like, we don't want kids to see this, we don't want kids to be exposed to this, even one of our good friends is like, I don't know if I believe in all this stuff in kids' cartoons, but kids know about it. My aunt's eight-year-old daughter was mocking me because I am gay. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> she was making fun of me that I'm femi and that I'm gay. And I'm like, this is an eight-year-old. <laughs> so stuff like that will keep happening if it's not normalized in yeah. movies and shows. And, yeah. yeah. And honestly, we, we should be aiming to get to that point where it doesn't matter one yeah. way or the other. Like, where we're not having to fight for that allyship. We're not having to fight for that representation because it's just normal. And it's not even just within LGBT. Q, all the letters plus yeah. all of it. Um, but also even like where it comes to different races, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of this pushing towards inclusion is like really to get it to a point where it's not a big deal yeah. or we can just embrace it all. As someone who is gay, like I was just having this conversation the other day. Um, it gets tiring sometimes. Like you don't want to have to fight for your rights constantly. You just want to have your rights. You just want to live your life. <laughs> Some of us just want to party. Right. You just want to have the right to get married if you want to, get divorced if you want to, party if you want to. You don't want to worry about if I go to Pride, are 30 men going to jump out of a U-Haul mm-hmm. and try to attack us? You don't want to worry about, you know, is the government going to put in a bunch of Republicans and take over who are even representing the majority right (laughs) Mm, okay sorry we got very far afield there okay what hey we've got a review for you did we see movies a movie quote two times (laughs) so we're gonna keep this spoiler free so that way because this movie just came out i realize not everybody's rushing out to see it like they should be (laughs) yeah because apparently there's some feedback that jurassic world is beating this movie right now and as fun of a romp as jurassic world was that should not be happening drop everything you're doing and go see this movie yes go see it so what did you think of lightyear i think we kind of already know from the way you've been talking yeah i i loved it i thought it was great i think we all know what rachel's favorite part is going to be all these people that know me so intimately is socks Cat. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Perfect. And Alan did tell us last week when he saw the world premiere, he said Socks was like the big laugh for yes. most people in the theater. So I see why now, Alan. Touche, Alan. Touche. <laughs> we see. We see you. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. I thought when I went into it, like I knew Lightyear, it's going to be about Buzz Lightyear, but I didn't know exactly what the concept was because I was trying to explain it to Jesse. And I said, well, it's kind of like, it's sort of a prequel in a way, but it's not a prequel to Toy Story. It's like a prequel to the existence of Buzz Lightyear, yeah. who was in a cartoon, like that kid's cartoon, not even realizing, oh, it was like a movie first. And I just love the way they pitched it, that they're like, this kid Andy saw a movie, and this was that movie. So when you're yeah. watching this, you're watching the movie that Andy watched that made him fall in love with the character. Yeah, that's such a fun concept. I really hope like in the future we could get maybe like a woody movie or like you know Mm -hmm. see the different adventures that made the toys popular i think it's a smart way to carry on toy story without like making new toy stories yes because you can only get so dark yeah we can't have them all holding hands and getting ready to (laughs) die only one toy suicide per franchise please (laughs) (laughs) and somebody in the first theater i saw it in um with friend of the pod, Chris, mm-hmm. they mentioned, do you think the aliens, the little squishy aliens could show up in light years? Like that's an interesting concept. I think they yeah, could. That could be cool. Cause I was, do. They I, never said if they were part of light year or not. <laughs> no, no, we don't know which part they exactly featured into, but like, I felt like they had a color scheme that went really well with mm-hmm. the buzz light year world. And I do think it's also really interesting just 
the world of the robots is what I'll say. I feel like there's opportunity to like time travel was unlocked at one point. Maybe there'll be some more of that. I don't know. Without spoiling, they very much leave, in my opinion, something up for a sequel. Yeah. Because they don't really say where one element of the film is from. Like, it serves the story, yeah. but they don't say where it came from. And they kind of hint, like, oh, something is attacking here. And then the movie ends. So it's kind of like, are we going to learn more about where this thing is from? <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was a great movie. I loved it. I happily saw it twice. It was yeah. great. One thing... Well, a few things I really appreciated is, like you said, Rachel, like race and queerness aren't an issue in this movie. It's They're just, just people there. are people. They're just there. Yeah. Like happens in everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, I loved how they like put in little nuggets of like lines that we've seen the Buzz Lightyear oh, toys say. Not just lines, but also even sometimes mannerisms. Like, there was this one character that was doing the walk like he did when he was out and, like, yeah. with his <laughs> blasters out. And one thing, like, he's doing kind of karate chop moves at one oh, point, and the toy does the karate, the karate chop. Chops. So I was like, oh, I understand! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little nuggets <laughs> that are enjoyable if you've on- enjoyed the Toy Story movies, yeah. which who hasn't? Who ha- I didn't realize <laughs> they came out in 1995. Oh we were God. 11. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, no, I'm broken. <laughs> I didn't realize they came out when I was 11. Yeah, because in the thing, it says in 1995, this is the movie Andy watched. And I'm like, I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> I did used to watch Toy Story a lot in like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. But good, yeah. I'm glad this movie is very good. It's at 77% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is very good. Yeah. Um, and it's not even so much that the movie is like a flop or it's doing bad. It's just not doing as well as they thought it would, being a Knowing Toy Story the strength product. of Toy Story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and being Disney Pixar. Pixar. Toy Story, yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder if with COVID numbers rising, if people are just not going to movies as much. Well, and I feel like even though things are looking better in a lot of ways, being someone that works within the entertainment industry and ticketing, like it's nowhere near recovered. There's still tons of people that are not going out yet, which is fine. Be safe. Take care of yourself. But I I do think that there's a lot of aggressive goals from companies where they're like, we got to get back to those numbers. And I think that's probably going to be a long process. I also think that... Father's Day weekend may have been a bad choice for this movie. Well, yeah, because we all, I feel like a Mother's Day weekend, yes. And yeah, it's a Buzz Lightyear movie, but I do think your mother is much more likely to be like movie day with the kids as opposed to fathers. I feel like with fathers, you end up doing very different things. They'd probably, if they're going to the movie, they're seeing Jurassic World. Yes, <laughs> like, that's the movie they're going to choose for yeah. Father's Day weekend. I mean, I know there's fathers out there who would love to see Buzz Lightyear, but I don't think it's necessarily the norm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just hope that they do don't do that thing where they freak out and cut off the amount of time that it spends. I really hope everyone gets a chance to go see it and that they kind of let it have that time for people to go see it, understanding that things are not back to normal. Sometimes it just takes people longer to get around to it right now. Yeah. And Rachel and I are still hurt from Amazing Spider-Man 2, which still pulled in a lot of money. Just not as much as they wanted. And they just cut the whole thing. Andrew Garfield, we love you. We love you. (laughs) 
but we are um, very much Disney adults. We are Disney adults. <laughs> and if you are listening to this podcast, there is a chance that you too are a Disney adult. And so as such, I think it could be fun for you. NPR put out a whole <laughs> article about Disney adults and kind of how they compared Disney adults to having a religion, that Disney is their religion. Mm. How do you feel like being not particularly religious? Would you say Disney is your religion? Mm, I can see that. I can see the argument made because like, I feel like I'm not as connected to Disney unless I go. I feel like if I'm not going, I feel like something's missing in my life. Yes. <laughs> like Alan and I sometimes just book a day because we're like, I've been gone a week. We need to go to the park. <laughs> I'm having withdrawals. <laughs> and, get in there. You know, the, the amount of time and energy we put into sitting in front of the TV, watching the shows and the movies. And I could definitely see that argument. Though the way they write about this one person sounds super intense. Uh, you see, in Sinead Hill's house, there's an entire room dedicated to... Oh. <laughs> you. Well, hers is the Walt Disney Co. in general, but I think I know someone that has a Star Wars game room. We do. <laughs> and it talks all about how that just everything is decked out with uh, Mickey Mouse ears and the walls are papered with Disney backdrops. And <laughs> um, yeah, I think I know some people like that. Yeah, it's definitely been very hard for Alan and I to live together because we both have massive Disney related hordes of stuff. And now we have to find room to merge our hordes of stuff. <laughs> So much stuff, but I don't know. I think it's fun. I don't think it necessarily came up super negative. Sometimes you hear people talking about Disney adults and it's very judgy. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're just like, this is what people do. And they're like, they have Reddit, they are collectors and they're really into it. Like, is this a religion? I don't know. And they do talk about how like it has become a subject of hate online. There's even a hashtag called hashtag Disney adults are the worst, but I would like to say that they are not. No, they're just very passionate for me. The experience I've had with, I'm, and I say all the Disney related cause I'm, I feel like I'm much more passionate about like Marvel is my number one than star Wars. And then like the Disney um, but they're all very close, <laughs> but I feel like that and like RuPaul's Drag Race, like in a way become a language, like you can meet, like, here's an example. Mm -hmm. When I was dating, one of the first things I'd ask anybody is who is your Disney prince? <laughs> oh, this is important information to know. Well, it brings up conversation. Then you kind of get an idea of what kind of guys they're into, what movies they like. Like, I don't know. It's just something that everybody always had an answer for it too. I mean... You have to have opinion. You have to have an opinion. And you know what? Honestly, if you don't have an opinion of who your Disney prince is, even if you're not that super into it, maybe I don't want to be with you. <laughs> maybe you just aren't that exciting of a person. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I see it as a language. And I think that's why people get so passionate because they find, like, the more I get into this thing, the more I can connect with other people. It's a community yeah. and community is something that brings people together uh, in a way to where you don't even need to know everything about this person. It becomes like a starting off point of connection. Mm -hmm. Cause like for me, yeah, X-Men is like my passion and that's what people like to talk about me with me and connect with me. And like for Kevin and me for on solving for X, we talk about X-Men. 
We talk about Charmed, which is his passion and his way of meeting people. So, yeah. I'm fully for Disney adults, obviously. (laughs) Being one. Being Being the president of the fan club. (laughs) Well, secretary. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I still find it marvelous. Marvelous. (laughs) Let's get into our marvelous, girl. Marvelous. Oh, so October, girl. Focus, focus, too. We have to have, like, some sort of viewing party, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Marvelous. Marvelous. That's like, another, oh. Remember when we used to project things on screen? I've been wanting to do that so... Spaceballs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> clearly it's the best movie ever made, so... So, speaking of projecting, one thing we can project, too, I'm so excited because Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming out on Disney Plus. On freaking Wednesday, you guys. On Wednesday, June 22nd. Really quick, I feel like. I feel like Lightyear's going to hit quick, too, because that's if like. It doesn't. Perform- well, and that's the thing I was saying. Like, in order to do this, I feel like they have to stop Doctor Strange in the theaters and yeah. doesn't necessarily give it the full thing. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like, too, that's kind of maybe one thing that's hurting Disney plus right now is everybody kind of knows that it'll come it's there. It's going to come out on Disney plus within a month or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why go spend all the money to see it in the theaters? If mm-hmm. you know, it'll show up on your streaming service. Yeah. And yeah. especially with COVID rising, like that's the safer thing to do. I couldn't do that. I need to see my Marvel movies day of. I don't want spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the stories of your spoilers where just the news pops up in your phone and can't be avoided. And it's like, why would you even do this? Why? I was so mad. This has been out long enough to where it shouldn't spoil anything. But I, the Mandalorian, I was so mad. The morning of the final episode, I got a picture and it said, oh, look who shows up in the Mandalorian. And even if you choose not to click on it, there's a picture of Luke Skywalker holding Grogu. I was like, really? Really? Who could it be? And part of me was like, oh, that's not going to happen. You just have to start watching them at midnight when they're released. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. But talking about things, I'm going to skip to this next one because it's more like being released on Disney+. Um, And then we'll skip back to the one that's above it. Um, Everyone is getting Spider-Man movies. Except for the United States. Lame. Ah, uh, why? Um, I think this is something we feel passionate about. We love Spider-Man, even when he's being t- like old school. What's his name? Toby Maguire. Toby, yeah, the Toby Maguires are still good. I love Spider-Man, um, and of course, like obviously, most when he's Andrew Garfield. Um, But yeah, they have announced that all these countries are going to be getting, um, Sony is letting those go onto Disney plus and, um, be available there, but, but not, not for us. Um, we're not going to get it, but fans in the UK, (laughs) you can get it. Um, and that's actually on June 17th. So did that happen? Did it happen? Oh, it would have happened to yesterday you guys go on there right now tell us friday friday whatever do you see them uk and ireland you should have the amazing spider-man franchise you should have toby Maguire's spider-man trilogy um yeah 
Yeah. I hope you guys really enjoy that. I feel such <laughs> compersion and happiness for you. Um, and a longing. Deep in myself. Such a deep longing. Yes. Um, and I think, like, this probably means, like, I think one of my biggest pains is that the Spider-Man um, No Way Home is just like, when is, are we ever going to be able to stream this? Because it's not going to the services that I have. Yeah. Uh, but um, speaking of Spider-Man, there was just because of your news, actually, because mm-hmm. it's coming to or it's in the UK now on Disney Plus. People have noticed the MCU timeline may not be what we thought it is. Wow. I haven't really figured out the why, <laughs> but even though Spider-Man Homecoming came out after Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming takes place before Doctor Strange in the timeline. Oh. I guess the big change would be that that's when Doctor Strange gets the time gem. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. But Doctor Strange, the movie really didn't change events in the MCU that much. Yeah, it kind of stayed a little bit self-contained. Yeah, so did Homecoming for the most part. Interesting. But yeah, that's a thing. That's where they placed it. Yeah. And if you really enjoyed No Way Home and you're like, oh, why are they putting it on a streaming service where I can watch? Oh, let me tell you, September 2nd, re-release in theaters. Right? That's what's happening. (laughs) An extended. Extended. There's going to be more scenes. Hopefully lots of them with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We love Andrew Garfield here. On and the everyone show. else, but Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I like the Tom Holland movies I do more, too. but like, I just love Andrew as Spider-Man. He is the Spider-Man to me. Well, and how, like, I feel like he had the heaviest lift as far as like coming, like, and Tom Holland also had like really epic things. He was like huge things, um, and loss and grief that happened in this movie. But Andrew Garfield, like having his kind of movie cut off to where we never got to see the resolution of losing his when? great love of his life. Wow. Only because he hadn't met Mary Jane yet. Come on. Come on. Oh, that's a Marvel <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, it's just too big of a universe, you guys. We're going to choose very different people. <laughs> I'm like, she's great because she's sexy yeah. and I like dressing like her. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought this next one is very, like, kismity. I was so excited about this. So the Across the Spider-Verse villain has been revealed the yes. day after I read his debut comic without knowing that he was revealed. <laughs> It's the spot. The spot. You know, everybody's favorite. The spot. I just instantly know who he is and what he does. But honestly, it, from what I read in the article, seems like the perfect villain to go with because mm-hmm. he is full of dimensional portals. Yeah. So the spot is uh, Jonathan Own. And in case I don't know if I mentioned it here, I think I have. But I read through like all the X-Men, X-Factor, all those comics from Number one, all the way to recent, still reading. Um, And then I started doing that with Spider-Man. Right now in Spider-Man, I'm on February of 1985, which uh, Jonathan Own made his debut in Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man. Yes, that was the full title. He debuted in that in December of 1984. And then he actually turns into the spot in 
number 98 in January of 85. All right. So he is a scientist working for Kingpin. He's trying to find like cool new ways to like defeat Spider-Man. And I love this because I love these characters. I think they're underused. They were X-Men at one point. He's experimenting with the powers of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yes. they had a show. They do. I never <laughs> finished it. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> so uh, Cloak can tap into the dark dimension. So that's what Jonathan Owen was experimenting with when there's like an explodey. And then like he goes into the dark dimension, comes back out. And he's like, it's really weird. He's all white with like black dots on him. He's drawn very interesting. Yeah. He doesn't like have a face that's like he's wearing a costume, but he's not. Like it's it's interesting to imagine how he'll like. I guess because this one is more animated, that'll be yeah. easier to do. It'd be harder if it was real life. Well, it looks like from the pictures I saw, the dots look more like fluidy. Like mm. they kind of follow him through space, which is cool. Interesting. But yeah, he uh, he has these holes all over him. Where if he puts his hand like through the black dot in his stomach, it goes into the dark dimension. And, like, he had this really epic fight with Spider-Man and Black Cat had to come help. But he would, like, make a portal and he'd punch through it. And then a portal would, like, open up next to Spider-Man and punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that portal play. (laughs) So, like, he's somebody I've seen around in Marvel Comics, just not as, like, a major player. But I just love that I did read that comic yesterday and today. (laughs) Kismet. Kismet. So I all that to say, I'm excited to see him in his full glory. I mm-hmm. I always like to see when they take like Guardians of the Galaxy, like people don't really know them as well. So you yeah. have a little more freedom to like develop a character and make them really cool without people being like, that's not how it is. Yeah. Like me, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, it's going to be a woman instead. <laughs> we have a running joke because they've turned two of Chris's favorite characters into women in MCU, which, like, he's not as angry about that, but they've ruined the characters in other ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like making Taskmaster a boring woman who's, like, under a trance. <laughs> yeah. And not a snarky mercenary. <laughs> they don't like snarky mercenaries they until don't. they are forced to like them and then they end up being massive successes. Yes. You think they would learn from this. Speaking of massive successes, Ugh. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> so I have run across, and this is a little bit of old news, but I'm still going to talk about it. But in April, Squirrel Girl started her own podcast, Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show. Wow. What does she talk about? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to start here. I am not a fan of Squirrel Girl. I really want it to be because she's kind of like fun and kooky. She has the powers of a squirrel. She has. A she's tail. no paper doll. Yeah, she's no paper doll. <laughs> There's a favorite Marvel. There's <laughs> <laughs> her to the woman of Marvel. <laughs> I feel like they try too hard with her. Like Deadpool is silly and wacky, but he's also dangerous. But Squirrel Girl is just silly and wacky. And I don't know. But on her show... Mm-hmm. they just kind of have these almost like mini skits where like different heroes or villains call into the show. I don't okay. know. It didn't really have any actual information. I almost thought like maybe they do character profiles or kind of talk about, you know, actual stuff going on with Marvel. But mm-hmm. this show to me, it's only six episodes that I can see. I think it's done, but I think it's excellent for kids. So yeah. if you do have any Marvel children, I think this would be very family friendly for them. One thing I really appreciate and I will highlight mm-hmm. is they do have a trans man on the show. 
who's oh, also neat. he jumps over from the comics. But yeah, I just like that representation. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. He just at one point says, like, I'm in trance. And that's about it. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole conversation or anything. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any other plans to use Squirrel Girl in the MCU to where this is, like, preparing for something? Like, to where maybe it's good to catch this because it's working up to something? But or... I'm not sure. It was rumored for a while they were going to adapt New Warriors, which she's never been a part of, and put her in it. <laughs> but got to fit her in somewhere. It seems like that's kind of gone to the wayside. Excuse me. All right. So, yeah, nothing that I know of. I know they do want to bring her into the MCU because she is very popular, mm-hmm. but um, no concrete plans that I know of. Right. Was she one of the, uh, when you go on the Spider-Man ride, yes. was she one of the... Because her real name is Doreen Green, and they do have her as Doreen Green on the ride. Yeah. Well, and I know they had Ironheart there, too, yes. who actually has some stuff in the making. So. Which yeah. I am a big fan of Ironheart. She is a cool hero. Yeah. Oh, Rachel, this yes. one, this next one has been a long time coming. Yeah. So Disney has announced their next Marvel show. The next one they're going to start developing, I should say, because we know like She-Hulk's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. But for 2023, I believe this will be our first Marvel show. It's going to be Wonder Man. Wonder Man? Yeah. Tell me about him. So Wonder Man, uh, Simon Williams has been in the comics since, I think, the 60s. And he started off as a rich rival of Tony Stark. Oh, okay. And he eventually went to uh, Baron Zemo, who experimented on him and gave him powers. He kind of turns into energy. And he's he has a long history with Scarlet Witch. Oh. They've actually been together. Ooh. And I believe at one point when he died i believe part of vision was made up of wonder man if i remember right oh which i think is part of the reason why she's drawn to him okay okay <laughs> but um even in mcu they've been trying to get wonder man in there there's even one point where it was very heavily rumored that they cast nathan fillion who we are fans of <laughs> i mean <laughs> i can't say the thing that i want to say about <laughs> Don't him say that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a fun guy <laughs> Um, there's even going to be a poster of Wonder Man in the background of, I believe it was Guardians 2, if I remember right. Okay, okay. So it's been a long time coming. The thing that I'm excited for and the the thing that I think is going to set this show apart is Wonder Man is a character who everybody knows he's Wonder Man. So he, does, oh, he has no secret out in identity. the open. Yep. Which but, kind of Tony Stark was. Yeah, and uh, Captain America. Yeah, and... They were trying to convince Peter Parker to be that, yeah. but then he was like, no, no. I want to be a normal boy. <laughs> I want to ruin all of the multiverse just to hide my identity. <sighs> <laughs> but um, Simon Williams is also an actor, so I think there could be a lot of comedy to like him filming stuff with villains happening. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not the only one who sees the comedy in the situation. Because one of the writers from Reno 911 is on the the job. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun show. Nice. I will get I will get a name for you. (laughs) Oh, the name of the writer. A writer. Okay, so director is Destin Daniel Cretton Cretton, who did uh, Shang-Chi. Oh. And then Andrew Guest, who did Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, I said Reno 9. It's oh, Reno 99. It was a funny police comedy. And this other show, um, have you heard of Community? What? <laughs> have 
I heard it. Does it age well? No, but I loved that show when it came out. <laughs> it's such a good show. It's great. I just like, I try to show it to people now who haven't seen it and don't have that built in oh. love. And they're just kind of like, uh. I'm like, but they're in old Western times. You see? Yeah. Uh. And okay, here you go. So here's the exact info, not off of Sean's memory. Simon Williams first appeared in Avengers number nine in August 1964. Ooh, an oldie. He's one year younger than the X-Men. Not as old as Donald Duck, though. Not as old as Donald Duck, but he's maybe been in more comics than Donald Duck. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Rachel. Yes. That brings us to our woman of Marvel. Yes. I have been stressing about this. I have too, but in a more low-key way <laughs> where I like what I like. Woman. Oh, sometimes. Once. Yeah, once he was. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he is. So as we said before, the way this will work is Rachel will choose someone and then whoever she chooses, Rogue, um, I won't <laughs> be able to choose her. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, we'll see who we both end up with for our three women that inspire us. We're also going to give a little blurb about why they inspire us. Yes. So I think we all know because <laughs> all of us clearly have listened to all these episodes and <laughs> heard everything I talked about. Um, so I choose Rogue. What? I choose Rogue. Oh, my goodness. Um, now, if you only know her from the movies, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, definitely check out the or the X-Men TV show. Definitely check out the comics. This woman. I adore her. Yeah. I adore her. I adore her southernness. I adore her ridiculous hair. I adore how powerful she is. She's freaking powerful. She's so powerful that, like, Marvel feels the need to constantly neuter her of her powers in order to keep in check how freaking powerful this woman is. Yeah, they keep, like, fixing her and then breaking her and then fixing her. It's because like... once they fix her, she gets kind of boring. Yeah. Like, a big part of her, because she doesn't absorb these powers without repercussions and sometimes without horrible effects mm -hmm. to the people that she interacts with. And so it creates this really interesting dynamic where she came on the scene as a villain. She started as a villain, and now she's part of the hero team, and she has the sexiest boyfriend, not husband. Magneto, husband, <laughs> not Magneto. It is my dear love Gambit, Gambit, and I love her. Yeah, and this, to be honest, this is a shared love of Rachel and I, but because I know, like, this is her, like, love of all loves. It I defines was like, you me may as a go person. first. <laughs> I already planned my first person, who's my love. <laughs> there you go. Miss Emma Frost. <laughs> I chose her because even from a young age when she was just the white queen, I was immediately drawn to her because something that Rachel has talked about is a lot of people see like sexy women as like being kind of exploitative. Mm -hmm. But you talk about how when you did burlesque, it was powerful to oh, you. Oh, so empowering. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing Emma through that light of using her power to control men along with her ability to control minds mm -hmm. and just seeing her as a character like the way she's grown like i think in 1995 her students got killed at her school and that's what drove her to the x-men and you know she started her life over again and she ate some crow <laughs> in order to like be there for mutants i think we have a certain soft spot in our heart for people who start evil and yeah good that's what it is like be a fully developed fleshed out character yeah 
who doesn't always do the same thing over and over again. <coughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gene went evil. <laughs> Anyways. Well, yeah. Later and in the most boring way possible. Oh, my God. I mean, not in the TV show, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. But definitely in the movies in a boring <laughs> way. Um, so my next woman that I'm going to go for. I think I'm going to go for Wanda. Stretch, stretch, I say. <laughs> um, she I'm was going to be my number one just to stop you from getting her. Cause I had a feeling you were going to get her, but I had to get Emma. You had to get Emma um, because I might have played dirty just to, oh. and I would have sat here and been like, Emma's great. She was evil once. Um, and that wouldn't have been as good. So this has played out as the way it should. Wanda <laughs> also evil sometimes. Started <laughs> off evil. Started off evil. Maybe kind of a little bit evil right now with a little bit of redemption at the end. So really, where does that leave you if you've just done one redemptive act at the end of being kind of crazy and almost just destroying everything? Um, we used to make fun of this woman <laughs> because I feel like from a very like basic knowledge of her powers, it was like she made things more likely to happen. In one of the very early X-Men, she made a suitcase at an airport more likely to roll in front of someone and trip them. So <laughs> we had this whole thing where we're like, she'll just take the credit for things happen. Like, maybe she doesn't have power. Maybe she's just sitting there just like, oh, this happened. That was me. Yeah. I made that more likely. Um, but I do think, like, she has grown so much. Like, this woman made mutants go out of existence. Because she was upset. Yeah. <laughs> so after um, making babies appear out of nowhere that got taken away from her, she was upset. So she got revenge. Yeah, th there's a lot that happens if you take away Wanda's babies. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't. This woman wants to be a mother and just just let her have those babies. Yep. Um, and it's been fun to see her also. I feel like when she first came on the scene in the MCU, she was like a little bit kind of flat, not that exciting, but I think like her character has grown a lot. I think her TV show is one of my favorite TV mm -hmm. shows. Just like the, the brilliance of it going through classic um, media into now. Um, so I'm a huge fan and I think she deserves to be up there in the list. Here's where Rachel and I veer off very differently. Okay. Because my number two is Storm. Mistress oh. of the Elements. Which <laughs> I will agree with Rachel. If you just know Storm from X-Men the Animated Series, she may not be the most dynamic character. She might seem like a wet blanket. <laughs> one, might, one might use that term over and over again. Seeing her in the comics and seeing like her sexiness, seeing her power. Like this woman was turned into a vampire by Dracula. Like Dracula saw her and was like, I must have her. So was Jubilee. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be the next on your list. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I actually told Alan I would include you, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen, Don't Alan. Listen, Alan. But um, one of the parts that I think embodies Storm is she much later, which makes no sense because she's only not a vampire because they killed Dracula, but Dracula's still alive, but she's not a vampire. But she confronts him and he's like, You will not speak to me this way. I am a lord. And she says back to him, like, And I'm a queen. No, she says, I am a goddess. Oh, and she well. blasts the ceiling off of the like building they're in I mean, and the sunlight threatens to kill him and she gets her way. That's confidence. Yeah. And now she's ruling over Araco, which I don't know if you know this. The X-Men have taken over the, the Mars. 
Okay, Mars, They yes. have cultivated Mars using their powers, and now Storm mm-hmm. rules over it. So she is like they, Boss they, B. They terraformed Mars? They te- <laughs> would, wow. would you say that? I would say they terraformed <laughs> if, Mars. If I create, like, a little Storm figurine, <laughs> will you play that game with me again? I will play again? Terraforming yes! Mars if we can be Storm. Winning! Winning! Okay. So, yeah, I just think she is just... So powerful, so confident, so sexy. I could not see this list without her. Awesome. So my number three, and I know this seems very random, but I have a deep love and affection for Peggy. I love Peggy, you guys. I like she was there, you know, in the first uh, (laughs) Captain America, but I loved her TV show so much to this day. I'm not over the fact that they canceled that TV show because I'm was living for it. I was living for every episode. They did a musical episode. And, um, in our latest, uh, Dr. Strange that came out having Captain Carter be there, I thought was so magical. And like, as they were killing off all these like fantastic characters that they gifted to us, like I knew, that she was going to be dying shortly, but I was very sad about it. Um, and she just like, she was gorgeous and powerful. And I think that she is someone that is so important to the MCU. She created shield and she's like, she was powerful when women weren't given a lot of power. And, mm-hmm. and in the end, like she ended up getting her guy too. Yeah. Oh. Like full on did some stuff to be there for her. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I just, I'm, I adore Peggy and I don't like her niece or whatever. Sharon, Sharon, every time Sharon shows up, I'm like, go away. I want your, I want your, they haven't done her well in the MCU. No, 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 they do weird stuff with her. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. So, okay. I'm going to kind of change because I don't, I wasn't sure if I was going to use this person or not, but since I feel like Peggy is kind of a wild card and mm-hmm. you're just picking her cause you love her. I, I told you I'm following my heart and who I love. And I know you guys, none of you share any opinions with me, but I'm doing it. Well, I'm sad. I didn't get Scarlet Witch cause that was like my excuse not to pick all three X-Men. So now I'm picking all three X-Men. Oh. I'm going to go with Psylocke. Betsy oh. Braddock. Yeah, I know she's one of your favorites. From a young age, she has just always captivated me because she, I like sexy women. <laughs> she is sexy and British. She's oh, sexy. So we both have sexy Brits yeah. going on now. She's British. Like she knows how to use her sexiness. She's always been very confident. There was this really weird change in her where she went from being very like prim and proper, like cover my whole body to waking up in another person's body. Yeah, I was going to say she was in someone <laughs> yeah. else for a while. Because she was British and, and then she was Asian. Wasn't she really brilliant as well? Yes. Like, which, that's a, a lot of smart women. That yeah, choosing, she's which is great. smart. She's, a, like, got ninja skills. Right now we're seeing her as um, Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. She's taken over her brother's mantle and she's, like, fighting to protect Avalon or sometimes protect Krakoa from Avalon. Ooh. So I just love this whole idea of her being. They should get the captains together. Yeah. Like, you know how we're having a Marvel's movie. Oh. There should be a captains and we can have captain Britain and captain Carter yeah. together doing amazing things. That'd be amazing. And I guess, no, like it just wouldn't work to have captain America there. Cause then <laughs> captain Carter doesn't work out. <laughs> That's true. We've seen what if we've seen what if. I also, I've always been fascinated with Psylocke and Archangel's romance. Oh. 
like when he turned into Apocalypse, yes, mm. that happened. He turned into Dark Angel Apocalypse. Mm. She loved him so much. She let herself be turned into a horseman with the confidence in knowing that she would fight through it and she'd bring him back. Oh, I love her. That's sweet. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So there's fantastic women to choose from. Like, do you think that X-Men will be coming into the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel makes fun of me because every single movie that comes out, I'm like, I think this is the catalyst. <laughs> this is when <laughs> this it's going to happen. <laughs> and then it never does. <laughs> oh. So Rachel uh, has Rogue, Scarlet Witch, Peggy Carter. I have Emma Frost, Storm, and Psylocke. Psylocke. <laughs> so oh, no. you, <laughs> you can always vote. This is a family show. <laughs> this is a family show. You can vote on Instagram or you can vote on uh, Spotify now or you can even just write us in, you know, drop us a line. Who do you like? Who do you agree with out of these six marvelous women? I never win these things, but I'm happy to be here and be the underrepresented voice of someone that really likes Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for going through that with me. You're welcome. I was so excited to do this. Do we, is this where we play beautiful music? Yeah. Do you want to get us into cover Disney? Well, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I love the cover Disney segment <laughs> so much that I'm constantly sending things Sean's way. Um, but one of the ones that I brought with me this week is it's a cover of What Dreams Are Made Of by Brent Morgan. Now, mm-hmm. do you know what this is from? You hear this and you're like, oh, yes, Disney. Yes. I remember this song. <laughs> I don't remember this song. So this song is from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh. The Lizzie McGuire movie. And it has taken Tickety Talk by Storm. Um, like people use it to say like, look at my amazing life. <laughs> hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Um, and this cover by Brent Morgan is like a lot less poppy and a lot more like soulful. Hmm. So... Here we go. We've had Brent Morgan on Cover Disney before. I think I sent you some of him before. (laughs) But yes, here is a snippet. Have you ever seen such a beautiful night? I could almost kiss the stars for shining so bright. When I see you smiling, I go... dreams are made of hey now hey now this is what dreams are made of i've got somewhere i belong i've got somebody to love this is what dreams are made of what did you think that was very enjoyable. I really <laughs> liked it. Oh. All right. Let's get us into some spoiler. Again, this is spoiler time. Miss Marvel episode two. Oh, whoops. I opened Obi-Wan. First. I know I switched it last second. How dare you? So this episode was called Crushed. In this episode, Kamala gets invited to Zoe's party. She kind of tests out her power. And 
Alan and I both kind of noticed it. She's very Iceman now. Yeah. Instead of using ice, she has this, like, energy light stuff that's happening. But she can kind of do the same things that he does. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do I you like find her as sexy as Iceman, though? <laughs> this is a teenage girl. <laughs> oh, <I know>. Sorry. <laughs> so, we also had uh, Kamran Kamin, who is someone who has shown up in the comics. Mm-hmm. And she very much has a crush on him. But we find out in the end that Kamran's mom may be a little more... I don't know, nefarious or have more going on than what we expected. We're definitely seeing her in some interesting visions and then she's there in real life. Yeah. So here's the thing. We never meet Cameron's mom in the comics. No, we don't. So I have no idea where this is going. Yeah, I think I saw some feedback that his character is kind of going in some different directions yeah. with this connection. And honestly, it's a young comic. So like mm-hmm. where I feel like some of these older comics that we all know, there's been a hundred different ways that people have done. And I feel like this is kind of one of the first times that they're reinventing this person's lore. Yeah. So I think it's good. Like they're still used. But the thing that I respect about the MCU is that, and even the X-Men show, even though it's different, they take the characters we know and they stay true to the characters. Mm -hmm. And that's what I didn't like about a lot of the X-Men movies. Mm, Yes. Don't change my characters. (laughs) Like they ended up neutering a lot of characters, just like making them less powerful and less charismatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just happens, though, sometimes Especially when you cast villains. certain people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so some things about this. We see uh, Kamala's mosque life, which does not look desirable. We've covered some cults that look like this. Well, yeah. And I think, honestly, I think part of the thing that makes it seem a little bit more like this is you're seeing mosque life through a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that women are not very dedicated to their religion and are there by choice, but you definitely see some of that inequality that happens through being a man or being a woman within this religion. Um, And I think it also, like, it didn't necessarily villainize any of it, which is great. Um, And I just thought it was interesting to, like, I don't know anything (laughs) about (laughs) this religion. So I thought it was neat to, like, see, and I do think it seems like such a rich it's a rich culture and religion well and that's what i like about it is even though i'm kind of making fun of it that is truly what it looks like and it doesn't necessarily have to be culty that's just the way a lot of these religions like practices on your knees on the ground like that i think Mm -hmm. because it also saves a lot of room (laughs) yeah you don't have all these benches everywhere yeah well yeah with that one and like i mean in the Catholic religion, you're on your knees half the time as well. Yeah, that's true. Or now, now it's less so on oh, the knees, and now you're standing. Oh, we're not making fun of the priest. This isn't. Is that... Oh God! <laughs> this is a family <laughs> show, and Alan has feelings <laughs> and beliefs. But anyways, they make you stand more often now yeah. than kneel. But um, definitely, there was a lot of like when I was younger, like now we kneel and now we stand and now we kneel and like doing that ritual. Oh. Which some people find a lot of comfort in. Did you notice when Bruno is dressed just like Marty McFly? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm on board. I think that's a fun style. You even kind of look like him. I'm almost like, are you like trying to position yourself for the remake? Because Tom Holland's already like number one in the running. Yeah. (laughs) But this guy could fit in there well. Yeah. He could. Did you notice the Eternals reference? I did. Because they were talking all about 
Bollywood. Which we know Kingo from Eternals is a Bollywood actor. So were all the Bollywoods like within MCU or were there some real things that they're mentioning? You need to know this because you are my Bollywood expert. <laughs> Tell me. I don't know. <laughs> no. I've been away from the Bollywood scene for a little while. I got listeners, bad rights. I got really into Bollywood for a while. <laughs> Mostly when I was unemployed and had a movie pass, I would just go see Bollywood movies because I could. All the time. And it took some convincing, but it's like, Rachel, this is like a huge Bollywood director. Come see so us good. with us. He's so good. Come see it. It's it going to be the best thing you've ever movie. seen. <laughs> I'm serious. And it was long. It was, it was long. long and weird. And I just was looking at you like, what? It is had this? very gorgeous song sequences, it though. Did. Yeah. It but did. Every, the story was just so weird. A little weird. But we're getting off topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I The one thing I didn't like about this episode is this boy is dangling off this roof. And then Kamala. Oh, or That was kind Kamala, of Kamala. She apparently goes and gets changed. As one would in like. A real life situation when you're being a hero in the way she was. A lot of times we're used to superheroes just like, and then they're ready. But she had to go get and put her clothes on first. Yeah, and one thing I would have liked, because she's kind of done it in the comics, is she was wearing her... Um, the scarf. Scarf. There we go. I kind of think of scarf. She's already wearing her scarf. Just like wrap that around your head or something. You know what I mean? Like, You know what? One has to look the part when you're going to rescue a child who had to take selfies at the top of a tower. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> really, that child was making bad choices. Yep. <laughs> and so we shouldn't blame Kamala for having to get dressed to arrive on the scene. <laughs> so overall... I also want to say, uh, Mr. Wilson continues to be yes. light. Um, so there's this thing where... So whenever Sean has to tell me something important, he always asks me, are you sitting down? <laughs> I love that. And... He did that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so they just studied Sean. <laughs> yes. Like even like before when he in the first episode when he's like, I want you to look in the mirror and tell me who is that girl I see <laughs> staring straight. And they pull out and call out. She's like, you're quoting lyrics to Milan. That's <laughs> a very Sean it. thing to do. <laughs> so Sean to do. Um, I loved the animation continues. It wasn't as heavy in the first mm-hmm. one, but I loved like when – what's his name was coming out of the pool and it was like hearts hearts yeah yes love um alan and i were like he's so skinny (laughs) no i do think like he reads a lot older to me than she does and he's only supposed to be a year older so that was a little weird for me how much interest he was showing in her because i was like he's a little old for her um but then now with the way that the mother's been introduced. I'm like, oh, does he even like her at all? Or was he really just doing that mm. to create this thing? The Be My Baby scene. Yes. The music. They're great at handling the music and the animation in the show. That's like, I love that song. I love that. Like, she is me as a teenage girl. I think so many people can watch this and relate to it. I think it's kind of, we compared it to uh, Turning Red. Yes. Yeah. Very Turning Red-ish. And um, there was no after scene this week, so don't hang around afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's no after scene. But so, there was the first week, not this time. So, so far, the show is the lowest uh, rated MCU show. Boom. And I think part of that is just because it is very specific, like just like Turning Red was. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm going to say this. I don't love it yet. I think yeah. it has kind of a weird pacing right now. Like... Mm. I don't know. I like it, but 
I like it more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, <laughs> when you put the bar high like that. <laughs> but like compared to Loki, WandaVision, Moon Knight, mm-hmm. I just think this one is a little lackluster so well, far. And I enjoyed Hawkeye, but I would say this one's oh, yeah, just Hawkeye. as good as Hawkeye. I mean, Loki, I mean, nothing can be as high as Loki because... Mm. 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 Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Things you can't say on a fan. <laughs> Things I can't say. Um, but he's wonderful. He's great. Um, I'm a fan. Don't check any of these things. I won't. I won't. I think part of what's a little jarring for me is the fact that she is an inhuman in the comics and Kamran was too. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're having to change so much just to try to keep her who she is. But mm-hmm. they've changed her a lot now in her power set. She's not just like stretchy. She's stretchy, making, like, Iceman things, Mm -hmm. which is a little different. Well, I think it was also brought up to me, like, she has the battle cry, and they're like, how are they going to do her battle cry with this new power? Because it's kind of different and weird, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. Apparently, it'll just be weird for her to be like, I'm biggin! Yeah. When she's... She doesn't do that. Not doing that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Right. But yeah, I'm still in it. I don't hate it. Mm Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about Obi-Wan, though? I think we shall. So in Obi-Wan, this was like a bone of contention for kind of myself and a lot of other viewers, is why did you bring back Hayden Christensen just to put a helmet on him the whole time? I had the same questions. <laughs> I was shouting that to the universe. And we got an answer. An answer! A scene! We got lots of scenes with <laughs> yeah. him fighting Obi-Wan as uh, Anakin. Yeah. I mean, it was one continuous scene broken up into many pipes. Yeah. <laughs> So this had a lot going on because we find out that Reva is now the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. We also find out that she was there. She was a youngling. She got stabbed by Anakin. She literally lied on dead bodies, like hiding in yeah. plain sight with all her friends murdered dead around her. Mm-hmm. So this girl has been through a lot. Ooh, stop complaining about her. Yeah. She's been and- through a lot. Obi-Wan uh, decides to kind of set a trap in drawing out Vader for Reva to confront. And then we see Tala, unfortunately, gets killed in the battle, which is very heartbreaking. She sacrifices herself. Yeah, Obi-Wan. That was that was a heavy scene. He was really doing was. everything to try to get to her. And she just yeah. was like, nope. Nope, you need to you. save everyone. And then we see uh, Vader single-handedly, well, he first off stabs Reva again. And then we see him tear apart a ship trying to get to Obi-Wan. No, he didn't stab Reva yet. Because he did the whole ship pulling down first. And then then she she approached him from behind. I'm like, why weren't you there earlier while he was distracted by trying to pull down the giant ship? Yeah. Hey, Reva. Hey, Reva. You had an opportunity (laughs) and then you just kind of blew it? I don't understand. And then we get a shocking ending that Reva knows about Luke. There was a little communicator thing that was dropped, and secrets were on there. Yep. Maybe this is why we don't send secrets through on messages that can be intercepted. Yeah. Maybe we don't do that, Mr. Senator Man. You know what's crazy, though, is this was only supposed to be six episodes. It got renewed for a second season already because it's so popular. But how would you have wrapped up the story in six episodes? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. A lot is going on. And it is it, like I almost thought it was just going to kind of focus on Leia. And like we saw that little bit of Luke and was like, oh, we're just not even going to touch on that. But I think clearly this is setting up. Well, we're actually going to see little Luke yeah. a little bit more. And go back to Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 
There's just not. I need more tattoos. More tattoos. It is tattoo. the most vibrant of planets with so much to look at. Such dirt everywhere. <laughs> Two suns. A lot of, um, <laughs> you know, neutral tones everywhere. Yes, yes. Mm. But uh, we were excited to see. Did you see Lola has been added to the opening scene? Yes. Yeah. I was really sad when Lola was taken over. And, yeah, she's yeah. the one who caused all the sweet. trouble. But luckily, our girl Leia, who is a brilliant child, got her fixed up. And Lola's back, you guys, because robots or droids, I guess they're called in this droids. universe. Droids have personalities. I feel like this keeps popping up in things. Yeah. Like droids and droid rides and all that. So that's kind of a fun little storyline that's running there. I have a question for you about stormtroopers and like, cause I'm like, I've seen all the star Wars things except for all the side stuff. I haven't seen all of those. Um, like the rebel thing and bad batch and all that. Um, but I do know that stormtroopers like started as clones, but then the time that we're in like this latest trilogy, they're no longer clones. They can be right. like normal people. Um, are these stormtroopers that we're with right now, are they clones? They shouldn't be. The clones were designed to only live so long. So they have a shorter lifespan because I think it's part of like, they're kind of born as adults. They're sped up. So by this point, all the clones should be pretty much gone. Okay. And then my follow-up question to that is why do good guys always literally make their getaway plans right in front of the stormtroopers <laughs> and they never hear them? Like That's a good point. Like Obi-Wan's there. Oh, shush. Um Obi-Wan is like literally there with her being like, You should betray Vader. And they're all just standing there. And she like he wasn't whispering particularly well. And then yeah. she looked at him and was like, What makes you think I do that. <laughs> Stop it. It was a very long conversation in front of everybody. Yeah. So. And they just don't react. So I have questions about that. I don't understand <laughs> it. Still, that's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, glad to have Hayden in more of it. And like, I was definitely like, why did we cast him just to walk around in the suit and then not even be the voice of him? Like, I realized we have to have James Earl Jones. You have to. Yeah. But it's like, then why did you spend all this money on this person to walk around in the suit and not be seen? So one thing I will say in this episode, there was a moment where I was like, okay, Vader is very much like, I can see the Hayden Christensen mannerisms in the way Vader is moving. <laughs> so that kind of was like, okay, I, I see it. But yeah, I definitely needed like an episode with Anakin outside of the suit. So I'm happy we got that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what you thought of Obi-Wan manipulating and using third sister to basically sacrifice her life in this attempt that he had to have known wouldn't have been successful. He had yeah. to know he was sending this person to their death. I agree. That was a little weird for Obi-Wan. It's, it was a last ditch effort, I feel, because he knows he can't take on Anakin. And he had to yeah. save so many people. Mm-hmm. But like, it definitely added some interesting depth to this character, where, especially because then in the process he found that she was a youngling and like what her motivation is. And he's basically know. like, go face him again. Well... I think from the standpoint of, like, this is what she wants anyway. Like, is. he is helping her, like, get to that goal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was very much like this isn't something a Jedi would normally do. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess Yoda and Obi-Wan did prepare Luke to go face Vader. So mm-hmm. this is a theme. <laughs> yep. I, speaking of that fight, 
that fight was amazing. That to me, that was one of the best fights in all of Star Wars: Reva versus Vader. Oh, okay. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> With the flipping and the spinning lightsaber and the spinning lightsaber was like, where's? Do you guys have that attachment yet for your no. sabers to attach to? I'm no, disappointed. I need it. You they need don't it. have it yet. Well, Disney. I think there's a reason they added this. Yeah. Well, they know it will make them lots of money. We have seen these. The Inquisitors do wield the, these lightsabers in Rebels, so they're not completely new to this show. But not everyone watches. I them. know. But also seeing it in real life is different than seeing it in animation. Like it's a real thing that can happen. Yeah. In real life. (laughs) You can make it happen. Yeah. And uh, how about the fact that this was all kind of a trap anyways, that Mr. Rupert Friend was waiting in the... He never died. The the Grand Inquisitor never died. I know. And that was a big thing because a lot of people were like, this is not canon that he would die because he's alive in the show Uh longer than he is in Obi-Wan. He dies a different way in Rebels. So the creator, the writer was kind of like, it's still canon. Don't worry. She'll <laughs> stick with it, you guys. So I figured we were going to see Mr. Grandy again. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like, is getting stabbed with a lightsaber not that big of a deal? I guess it would cauterize. Uh, yeah. Well, and like, it's like, well, I guess you can live through a heck of a lot in this. They just put you in that back to back tank, to, back to tank thing, and apparently I'm so happy that heals you were everything. So close to knowing that, <laughs> <laughs> you were just one letter off. Well, it keeps happening. It, like, yeah. it, it was a big part of this latest see the Boba, Boba, the Book of Fett. Share tea. Yes, the tea. Um, It was a huge part of that. And then also, we even had Obi Wan in it after he was dragged through coals. And then even like the flashes of Vader in it as part of his recovery. And I was like, well, apparently, there's just no death in the world of Star Wars because we have a magical tank that you get put in and that does stuff. Darth Maul even got cut in half and he is alive. Live through anything. So I was waiting to mention this, but because uh, it's kind of spoilery, and I knew it this whole episode. Okay. But with this series being as good as it is, and getting such a great um, reception, and more people jumping on Disney Plus, they've announced season two of Obi Wan. And also with Reva's popularity and her interest, they announced that they changed. Her fate. <gasps> if you could change your fate. If you could change your fate. So, I have a terrible Irish or Scottish accent, <laughs> so I hope you all really enjoyed that. So she will be in season two. And I Whoa. think, if I had a guess, I think this is probably the moment that she would have died. Mm-hmm. That's what I take it as. If you change somebody's fate, they die. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, I'm really curious to see. Now she knows where Luke is. And but we also see she's very complicated, like obviously has been on the side of bad, but part of her motivation was there to get revenge against Vader. Um, like will she ooh, sorry. will she end up being good in the end? Will she continue to be bad? Like I'm I have no I don't know. Well, and we don't really know because Luke has never we don't know if he's ever been exposed to a Jedi or if he's ever met Reva. So, yeah. like, that's going to be interesting. Well, that's the other thing that I thought with them setting up the fact that we're going to see him again. Like, he had no idea, like, about all this Jedi stuff when mm-hmm. he was found in the original movies. So, it's like, 
how much are they actually going to interact with this child? Are yeah. things going to be intercepted before they even get to him? I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. But we only have a couple days to wait. That's true. Two more days. But we don't get to go watch it in theaters. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite moment from this week? Ooh, my favorite moment. <laughs> um... Probably, I mean, it's going to have to probably relate to Lightyear, which I saw twice. And sorry about all my dings. I try, I don't know how to use an iPhone, you guys. I thought I put it on mute. <laughs> don't know how to use it. Um, but anyways, I like socks is probably my favorite moment. Particularly, there's a part with a laser and it's my favorite. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much. He's pretty great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my favorite moment. Mm. So if you subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, they have these things called Infinity Comics, where they're fabulous because they just keep scrolling down. So people do fun artwork with them where, like, you may see a sunset and you scroll down and it goes into more of your story or, like, footprints. So there's not panels so much, but they put out uh, the Iceman Infinity Comics, which continues his story around like discovering himself as queer. And I love the art. I love the stories. We get a very real look because like him and Christian Frost, Emma's brother, Mm -hmm. have kind of been an item. But he kind of says like, we're not an item in that way, which I think we see like in relationships or with people in general, straight, queer, whatever. Like sometimes you have those where like you could be living with someone or you could be like seriously dating, but it's just not like we're an item. You know what I mean? I know you know what I mean. (laughs) It's complicated. It's complicated. There's a reason that label existed on Facebook. (laughs) So I like that we got that very real kind of look at him and Christian. And then, spoiler alert, we get to see his first boyfriend, Romeo. Romeo. And human come back as like older because it's complicated it's complicated romeo and young Iceman, who is time displaced were boyfriends and oh. then young Iceman went back to the past leaving this odd like younger romeo but romeo got lost in time and came back as older romeo as one does not make sense for him to be with Iceman. yeah <laughs> so it was a very sexy comic like they kiss you get to see them in bed together Close. And um yes. I just really enjoy it. Amazing. <laughs> it's so fabulous when they give you what you're looking for in your characters, like an intimate look into Gambit's life where you see that he really likes cats and, and names Disney. them after <laughs> Disney characters. <Yeah. laughs> like this is the background that I needed for this character. Thank you. I love him even more than I did before. Yep. Wow, this was so fun. We went so long. <laughs> we went so long. I hope you guys like long podcasts. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Where can the kids find you, darling? Well, especially the little kids can find me on <laughs> A Real Bonus Ripper. <laughs> I podcast about romance novels that sometimes looks at the fact that they could be a little problematic, but fun. Always fun. Always fun. You could find me on Solving for X with Kevin, where we're watching the uh, X-Men animated series. You can find me on Once Upon a Cult with uh, Rachel and Alan. I'm there! And Hanging with the Hollowells, where we're watching uh, Charms with Kevin. And we're almost done. Only a few more episodes. Achievement. Achievement. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.
Oh, 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 oh,